Hi, I'm Doug the Neighbor, and welcome to my podcast, Doug the Neighbor Podcast, coming to you from the Possum Trot Studios here in awesome Austin, Texas. I have a very special guest here today, and I've been trying to have her over here at the podcast for the last two years, and finally our schedules have meshed. And she is here at the coffee bar in the Possum Trot Studios, and we are all set to go. And welcome to my uh, podcast listeners. Very, very happy to have you listening to us, to the podcast, Doug the Neighbor Podcast, and interviewing my great neighbors. But first, you know that we have our housekeeping to do, so we will get to that right away. I'd like to make sure that Jojo Bear is here, our vice president in charge of production, and Dr. Pepper. He oversees all of the production and drinks all of the Dr. Pepper here at the Possum Trot Studios. Let's check the weather window. Yes! Cold, cold, cold last night, but now it's warming up. It's about 60 degrees. If you don't like the weather in Texas, wait a few minutes. But it was cold, 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 but mainly it's always sunny here in Texas. Okay, for the sports quote of the day, the Cowboys, oh my gosh, they lost to the Vikings the other day, and that was not good. It's now the second half of the season for the NFL and my glorious Dallas Cowboys. So we have a little bit of wood to be chopping to try and get to the Super Bowl. Okay, for our shopping tip today, the Bluebell Ice Cream Price Index, you can get two pints of Bluebell Ice Cream over at the CVS for $5. That is a terrific deal. And that's the Bluebell Ice Cream Price Index for this week. Now, I would like to welcome Lori Bell. Lori, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. Glad to have you here. You are my neighbor. I am. And and very happy to have you here at the Possum Trot Studios. You have your Dr. Pepper? I've got it. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Okay, there you go. Mm -mm -mm. We like Dr. Pepper around the Possum Trot Studios. Now, Lori, yes, you are my neighbor, and you uh, we finally got our schedules meshed to where we could do this uh, podcast, and again, like to welcome you here, and you know that I'm going to ask some fun questions, but let's first start with your name. What is your name? My whole name is Laurie Elizabeth Blaylock Bell. Blaylock Bell, but Lori, not Lauren. It's Laurie. Laurie. And then Elizabeth. That's right. Very royal. Okay. And Blaylock is that French or? Scottish. Scottish. Well, you know that Doug the neighbor's first name is Murray Douglas. My grandmother was a boy, so very, very Scottish. We're glad to have you here. Blaylock is a, a, a Scottish name. Yeah. Blue Lake. Blaylock. One more time, please. Blue Lake. 
Blue Lake. Blue Lake. Blay Loch. Blay Loch. Blue Lake. Oh, I love that. I love that. I've never heard that. We love it. And then Bell is an English name. It's also yes, English. And it refers to a bell. I don't know. I, An actual ding-dong bell? I th- always thought it was. Uh, Very I well could have been. Read to our podcast listeners, if you have the answer to that question, please uh, uh, call in or email, and we will get that uh, situation corrected. We know a few things around here at the Possum Trot Studios. We don't know everything, but we do have very intelligent listeners. So, your name again is Lori. Lori Blaylock. It's Laurie Elizabeth Blaylock Bell, but I go by Laurie Bell. Laurie Bell. Laurie Bell. Laurie Bell. That's it. We love it. Now, where were you born, Laurie? I was born in Beaumont, Texas. Down there in the Golden Triangle. Yeah. 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 The industry triangle. The industry. When I grew up out in El Paso, I knew it as the Golden Triangle out Uh there in in Beaumont. And you called it the industry triangle? Yes. So uh, mostly oil refineries. Yes. Yes. uh, Yes. Okay. And uh, how did your family get to uh, Beaumont, Texas? I'm the first of six. So when my parents married, they moved to Beaumont. My father was a pharmaceutical drug salesman. But six months after I was born, he joined the Navy. So we left Beaumont. Oh, we left Beaumont. And you couldn't get work? Yeah, no, I was a little too young. (laughs) (laughs) Those darn child labor laws. You were ready, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want my own money. <laughs> so you were born in Beaumont. And uh, when you were growing up, uh, did you ever have a teddy bear like Jojo Bear? I had a Raggedy Ann doll that went with me everywhere, including college. And did the Raggedy Ann doll have a name? Raggedy Ann. Oh, oh Raggedy Ann. Yeah. Do you still have your Raggedy Ann? She's on a shelf in my office. Oh, that is lovely. That is absolutely lovely. I, I uh, forgot to ask you if you d- ever did your uh, DNA. Did you do that? I have, have yes. And any surprises in there? No, it verified everything I've been told. You know, that um, I am 98.9% Eastern European, okay. um, primarily English Scottish. English Scottish, mm-hmm. 98%. That's so, right. Okay, things you already knew. Yes, yeah, so it was it was essentially confirmed. You, know, oh. you hear those family stories, but you never know if they're quite true. <laughs> oh, that's very true. Now, uh, did you have a pet when you were growing up? Well, we always had a dog, but the one that really was my favorite was a standard poodle that we had named Susie. Susie. Yeah. And what color? She was French. Was... Suzette. Suzette. And what color was Susie? She was black. Black. Standard poodle. That's one of the big ones. Yes. Right. She's, she's very big. Very oh, smart. Very smart. Yes. The French poodles, uh, but, uh, I believe that they originated in Russia first and then, oh. then came to France, that they were hunting dogs. That's and right. They, they were bred because of the hair and the long legs to chase deer or whatever they chase. That's right, they do. Yes. And uh, Now, uh, you were born in Beaumont. Now, where did you go to high school? Well, um, because I was in the Navy, of course, we moved around a lot. Your dad was in the Navy. My dad was in the Navy. <laughs> I felt like I was, too. You know? um, yes. I grew up on Navy bases. Sure, sure. But um, I finished high school at Clear Creek High School in Houston, South Houston. 
Clear Creek. Clear Creek, yes. High School. Correct. In Houston, Texas. Correct. Now, were they with the lions, tigers, or bears? They were the wildcats. Go wildcats! wildcats. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. Now, when you're in uh, high school, did you play any sports? No. Uh, volleyball or in the debate club or choir? I'm terribly... Um, Unathletic, so no. I, um, but I did play for two years in the high school band. I, I played the flute. I played the flute, okay, in the high school band. Correct, and then uh, I, when I left the band, I got into theater. Oh, when you left the band, you got into theater Correct. as a, uh, a, and as an actress. You were an actress. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. And what sort of plays would you do or did you do in high school? In do you high remember? school, I did. I remember the first one was called Our Lady of Charlotte or Chaillot. And then I was in Fiddler on the Roof. Fiddler on the Roof, um, yes. That was our senior play. Right. Um, and I think the rest of the plays, I was backstage. I was a stage manager and prop. Oh. I was the prop head, they called me. Prop, yeah. prop gal. Okay, right. well, that's great. Right. Now, oh, excuse me, folks, that Dr. Pepper uh, uh, reminds me, reminds me that I enjoy it. Excuse me. Now, did you have a job in high school? I did. What did you do? Well, apart from babysitting, which I think every... Every young girl is done at some point. Right. My very first job was I worked in the Fighting Navy Seabee Mess Hall in Quonset Point, Rhode Island, which is the home of the Seabees. The Seabees, now they were... The construction Battalion. Construction Battalion. Mm -hmm. So they would go on in and build ports and airports. That's and right. Things like that. They built and they put up the Quonset huts. Oh, oh, oh. It, which was named after Quonset Point, Rhode Island, which is where their base is. Oh, well, uh, it's a very small world in the fifth grade when I, our family lived in McLean, Virginia, just outside of uh, Washington, D.C., and I attended uh, Chesterbrook Woods uh, uh, elementary school, our class was in a Quonset hut. Well, there you go. Yes. Now until, you know their origin. Uh, yes, and it was very old. Halfway through it, uh, there was a odor. Uh, half, halfway through the, the year, there was an odor emitting from the uh, building, and they had to tear the whole thing down uh, because it was infested and uh, just terrible. And so we had six months of classes in the lunchroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. But so the Quonset hut, uh, I know it well. And what was your job working with the CBs? And I served them food in their mess hall. Okay. And occasionally I washed dishes in the scullery. Okay. So this was your high school job. This was my high school job. And then you ended up in in Houston at Clear Creek uh, High School when you graduated. Correct. Oh, okay. Because you're a military uh, brat is the term. Correct. You got to move around a little bit. Yes, I went to eight different schools. Oh, my gosh. We moved 
I think it was 13 times before I graduated from high school. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we certainly appreciate uh, the sacrifice that your father has made for our, our country and the families uh, that go with them because you do have to move. Yes, yes. that's right. And it's, it's not easy on the family. So it's thank not, you. It's not easy on the family. I am an Army brat myself, so I, I know firsthand. And now, uh, where did you uh, go to college? I went to Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches, Texas. Oh, Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches, yeah. Texas. <laughs> we called it Sacaroches. Sacaroches. <laughs> yeah. To my podcast listeners here in Texas, a lot and around the world, a lot of Texas towns have nicknames, and Nacogdoches is one of the oldest towns, I understand. It is the oldest town in Texas. Uh, the oldest town in Texas, and... Uh, uh, it's a beautiful town in East Texas, and it's called Nacogdoches, and Nacogdoches is uh, sometimes referred to, and what was your term for it? Sacaroches. Sacaroches, and I think the uh, uh, Chamber of Commerce has improved, used, or bought into the nickname, but improved it to uh, uh, Naca somewhere. <laughs> yes, and I'm very proud of the fact that Nacogdoches has bought into that nickname and now uses it in their advertising that Nacogdoches, a very pretty town, I've been there many times, is a very pretty town, is now Naca somewhere. Yes, very pretty. Now, what is the name of the college you went to there at uh, uh, Stephen F. Austin? It was Stephen F. Austin. College or university? University. university. Mm -hmm. Right. And what is the mascot for the uh, Stephen F. Austin? Well, it's a large forestry school, so their mascot is the Lumberjack. The Lumberjacks. So go Lumberjacks. lumberjacks. Uh, yes, that's right. East Texas has got a lot of forests out there. Yes, yes. Then go Lumberjacks. Now, when you were in college, what were you studying? Well, I changed my major I think four or five times, but I ended up with a degree in anthropology. In anthropology. Right. Now, is that the study of, of uh, animals, plants? There's, uh, there's archaeology, physical anthropology, and cultural anthropology. Yeah. I was a cultural anthropology major, and my focus was on South American studies. South so it's the culture... My anthropology degree is in basically the study of cultures. Of the study of cultures. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, uh, obviously, you stated that you moved around on your discipline and uh, moved back and forth, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do in college. You're supposed to explore with your mind other things, disciplines in life. Now, uh, in uh, college, did you have a car? I... Had a car my third or fourth year in college. Uh -huh. My father gave me a car. Uh huh. Uh huh. And other than that, it was a bicycle and, uh, and on foot. I think you're going to college. Yeah. That's the way it is. You know, nothing wrong with that. And do you remember what that car was? I'll never forget. I had a 1964 silver. Mustang. Oh my gosh. Oh. It was a great car. Oh, I bet you still wish you had it, right? I really do. I'll uh, put that on your dream list. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, it, what color was it? Silver. And did it have a name? Um, well, sometimes I would call it the, the Silver Streak. Uh, the, 
The silver streak, of course. Why? And that was when streaking was very popular. (laughs) The silver streak. We love it. And I'm sure that you could go uh, look for that car on Amazon, eBay, or uh, any of the auto trader websites and find that car and uh, and cut out the picture and post it and say, This is what I want for Christmas. That's a good idea. Relive the silver streak. Absolutely fantastic. Now, you were studying anthropology in uh, college at Stephen F. Austin University in uh, Nacogdoches, Texas. What was your first job after college? Well... After college, I went to Europe for a year. Whoa! And so my first job would have been as a bartender in a bar in the red light district of Amsterdam. Oh, this is too good. This is too good. Your first job in college is Amsterdam working in the red light district. Yes. After college. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. After college. So your first job after college Correct. is Amsterdam uh, uh, in the red light district in Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is too good. Your letters home must have been very interesting. There were few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Dad. I'm studying anthropology in Amsterdam. Well, it was culture. You know? <laughs> it was absolutely true. <laughs> that is absolutely what fantastic adventure. Now, do you remember the name of the bar that you worked in in Amsterdam? Yes, I do. It was called The Last Waterhole. The Last Waterhole. Now, a wine bar, a cheese bar in romantic Amsterdam, or what was it? Uh, what was the theme? Well, it was that uh, they had a a youth hostel on the second floor, and that's how I ended up finding it because I went and stayed there. But the downstairs was a massive club with a giant horseshoe-shaped bar with a saddle hanging over the middle of it. So it was very Texan, and the house band was called the Pride of Texas. The Pride, you must have known you were home. (laughs) I I felt so at home. (laughs) I walked in and said, this is the place. That's Uh, it, that's right. I uh, felt very welcome there because it was full of Texans, and I was was missing my Texas people. uh, Right, right, and it was called the Last Water Hole. Correct. And what you just, they were looking, for. you, you asked for a job, or they, they had a sign in the window, or what? Um, I got to know the owners who were from Dallas, and yeah, at some point there was an opening, and I asked if I could have it, and they said sure, so I started. The owners of the last water hole in Amsterdam, in the red light district, were from Dallas. That's right. Oh my gosh. They oh. had come over in a band um, and played all over Europe, and two of the guys stayed in Amsterdam and opened up this club. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely, what a fantastic story. And you worked as a bartender there at this, studying all the Amsterdam people. Absolutely. Yeah, I was on a mission. (laughs) You're on a mission. Laurie, what a terrific, terrific story. Now, how long did you have this job? Um, I... 
I stayed in Europe for a year. So, long time. You, yes. You, you had this job for a long time. I did, yes. And do you remember the, uh, the street or the canal that it was on? What area of Amsterdam? It was on the first canal just down the street from the police station. Okay. But the entrance was on an in an alley. It was one of those kind of places that you kind of had to hear about. You don't just stumble across it. Right, right. So, you had to know where you were going. Uh, and uh, as a Texan, word would spread rather quickly that two Texans, do you remember the owner's name or anything like John that? Williams. John Williams. Mm -hmm. Okay. He owned the bar and, mm -hmm. uh, oh my gosh, uh, to our podcast listeners, uh, anyone knows John Williams of Dallas and Amsterdam, we are thinking about him. Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's absolutely terrific. Uh, do you know if it's still open? I don't know. Uh, we don't know. Okay. No. But okay. That's absolutely interesting. Now... So you go to, you're born in Beaumont, you go to high school in Houston, you go to college in uh, uh, Nacogdoches, and then your first job is in Amsterdam. Uh, when did you come to Austin? What is your awesome Austin day to start your adventure? I moved officially once and for all to Austin on July the 9th of 2001. July 9th, so uh, 2001. So that is your Austin day. That's it. Okay, mine is October 2nd. So your Austin day to start the adventure. Oh, that's absolutely terrific. And uh, what, what did you do once you got to, what was your first job in Austin? Um, well, my first job in Austin was to make a home. I got married and because my husband was already living here, and that's why I moved here. Uh -huh. So that was my first non-paying job. <laughs> and Organizing. that took a while. Yes, I understand. So, uh, so, but, so you came here to set up your house, and that, that's, right. that's all-consuming. Right. Yes, we know that. So uh, what are you doing now? Um, now I am essentially, I consider myself semi-retired, I um I'm refocused. Re refocused. That's a re good one. Yeah, we like we like refocused. I like that. Realigned, refocused. Yes, yes. Okay, recharged. There you go. Um I am a, a real estate stager. So okay. I do real estate staging and I also do home redesign. Okay. And then mostly right now what I'm doing is I do um decorative painting on furniture. So. Okay, so now I uh, have walked by your place and the garage door is open and I've seen you working in the garage, working on furniture. Oh, excuse me, that was the Dr. Pepper again. Oh my gosh, to, um, apologies to my podcast listener. We love Dr. Pepper and it has an effect on Doug the neighbor. So I have walked by your place and the... Uh, garage door is open and I've seen you working on your furniture and then you use that furniture to stage homes for sale? No, I don't. I only stage homes with what's in the house. If they want new furniture, I don't take those jobs. The furniture that I do, that you see me do in my garage, I sell. Oh, I see. Or I do, uh, often I will do a commission. It'll be somebody's piece that they've given to me and asked me to paint. Oh, and they've asked you to paint. Now, uh, how did you how did you get into uh, working on furniture just uh something you wanted kind of enjoyed and sounded like fun yeah well you know 
I love to do decorating, so it's kind of, that's one of my hobbies. And yes. so I've been painting my own furniture. I'm, I'm real interested in different kinds of finishes. So I've been painting furniture for myself for probably 30 years. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of noticed a niche here. Um, and honestly, Doug, I can't remember exactly how I got into it. Um, I think somebody saw something at my house and asked me if I'd do it for them. Uh -huh. And I just kind of started that way. And I only work through word of mouth. I don't advertise my work at all. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully the podcast listeners, your neighbors, uh, will uh, remember who you are and uh, something will come your way. We Great. love connecting neighbors for more opportunities in life. Okay. That's absolutely terrific. Now, you also mentioned that... Uh, you're refocused, realigned, recharged. You are also doing volunteer work. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? I volunteer for Hospice Austin. Hospice Austin uh, here in Austin, Texas. Where are they located? Their main office is up on Spicewood Springs. That's mm -hmm. where their headquarters are and where I usually do most of my work. But they also have Christopher House. Christopher House, yes. Which is out MLK in Austin. Uh, off of MLK. Correct. Uh, here in Austin. And you volunteer over there. I sing over there. Okay. Um, and then I, I used to volunteer and work with patients. Okay. But when I first started my hospice work, I was a single mother. Mm -hmm. And so it was difficult because they usually want you during the day and I was working full time. Right. So um, they asked me if I would be interested in bereavement work. This mm -hmm. I started in College Station where I was living. Mm -hmm. So I started training in bereavement work and working in that there. And then I just continued that when I moved up here. So oh, I see. That's, I work with the, in, with the bereavement department. Okay. And um, facilitate bereavement groups for them. Very admirable that uh, you're donating your time to people who are in uh, uh, desperate situations in their lives. Very, very admirable. Thank yeah. you. Now, you did mention something right there that uh, you were singing, and uh, that goes back to why you were in College Station, right? <laughs> You, something about a, a band you were in? I've been in many bands since I was in college. Okay. Um, I've always been in a band, and the last band I was in was in College Station. It was a rock and roll band that I was singing in when I moved up to Austin. Oh, I see. So Amsterdam direct to Austin was not the path. Oh, do, no, no, no. You did a few other things. Yeah. And you ended up in College Station in a band. What was the name of the band? The last band, the rock and roll band, was the Eclectics. The Eclectics. Oh, I love it. I do. do you have a CD out there? We do. Okay. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. We would love to hear that. And it was basic rock and roll? We did 60s, 70s cover rock and roll. Oh, that's and you were the chick singer then? I was the lead singer. Oh, we love it. We have to have a copy of that here at the Possum Trot Studios and let the neighbors know that Lori Bell and the electric the electric Eclectic. Eclectic. Yes. Everybody had a hard time with that name. I, I was sorry that's what we named our band. <laughs> it was never right. Never apologize. That's absolutely terrific. Now are you uh Still performing now? You know, I, I've sung with four groups here in Austin. I've sung with the Austin Chorale, River City Pops, and the Tapestry Singers. Okay. And now I sing with a group of women. Uh, we're called Hildy Girls. 
Hildy, Hildy, as in Hildegard. Hilde Saint Hildegard. It was formed originally around Saint Hildegard's music. Uh huh. Um, but now we sing just world, kind of world eclectic world music, um, and we only do one concert a year. Okay. All right. So, uh, any chance Lori Bell and uh, her rock band here in Austin is going to be uh, performing any place? We will do a performance in the spring, and the last two years we've done an Earth Day performance outside. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> we love it. Now, I also, when I've walked by your place, I noticed that you have a, a couple of cats. You enjoy animals. I do. We have three, not by design, but we do have three. Three? three? Oh, I didn't know. I, I just only see one or two. I didn't know there were three total. There are. <laughs> That's a lot of fur. A lot of fur. And to our cat-loving uh, podcast listeners, <laughs> cats produce fur. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So your life seems to be very busy. Uh, you mentioned your hobbies of working on furniture, and you also mentioned staging for homes and your volunteer work with Christopher House and then your band. Do, do you have any plans for any travel uh, uh, in your... Uh, any travel plans? Well, actually, I just got back from being in London for two months. Whoa, London for two months. How sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, I, my gosh. What would, would have taken you to London? My daughter is a television producer, and she has a show on television in London, um, and also here on Nat Geo, and they edit the show in London. So she was in London for five months and asked me if I wanted to come hang out with her. And <laughs> she said three weeks and I stayed two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one who taught her how to feed herself and tie her own shoes. So there's no imposition three weeks to two months. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we had a fabulous time. Oh, that's terrific. That's terrific. Did you uh, take any train trips or trips outside of London? Uh, I actually did. And the reason I brought it up was because it looks like she's going to end up buying a home in London. So whoa. my future travel plan is to continue to do that and try to spend months every year with her in London. But I did take a side trip. I got on a train and went up to the Isle of Skye in Your Scottish, Scotland. Your Scottish roots, yes. yes. And I, um, uh, I went up there by myself and I took a train up there for 10 days. I played around Scotland. I went to Edinburgh mm -hmm. and went to the Fringe Fest there, which is the world's largest festival. Mm -hmm. um, and Edinburgh is known as the, the city of festivals. And that just happened to be going on. So I stepped into an amazing event. And so I was in Edinburgh for six days mm -hmm. and then traveled the train. I took the Harry Potter Express. Oh, I see. I love that. Uh -huh. uh, the, uh, the, the Jacobians Express up the coast of Scotland up to the Isle of Skye. What and an adventure. It was. I just had a spectacular time. And now I understand that Air Norwegian has direct flights from Austin to London. London. That's how I went. I went. I flew Austin to Gatwick 
direct. It was wonderful. Great airline. I highly recommend them, y'all. Uh, oh, really? Uh -huh. We certainly appreciate that uh, that recommendation, uh, Air Norwegian. And I I see the ads in the paper, and it doesn't look very expensive. I could. I only bought a one way ticket because I. Didn't know when I was going to come back. Yes, exactly. yes, very wise. But I could have flown round trip for under three hundred dollars. Round trip. Round trip. I think I paid one twenty to go there, and it was a little bit more to come back. But round trip three hundred under three hundred dollars. Right. It's amazing. And, and one way is a hundred bucks or one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah. If you time it right, their prices change constantly. Yes, that's that's the uh, the problem with right. the airlines. You never know when you're going to go. Blah, 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 you know. So, but Air Norwegian direct yeah. flight. So your daughter is going to have a permanent house guest. I <laughs> knocking on the door. Yeah. It's, well, she's planning a baby, so she's already planning a permanent house guest, <laughs> which would be me. <laughs> you know, or a permanent nanny. Oh, it's a, a permanent nanny. Uh, you be, your new nickname is going to be Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, Lori, you have led a very, very interesting life, adventures around the world. What words of advice or motto would you give to a young woman who wishes to uh, travel, do things, have fun, and enjoy her life? What words would you give them? What would you tell them. Well, I think follow your heart. Do do what you want to do and be fearless. Be fearless about it. Um, because I know I had a lot of fear about traveling alone. I went to Europe alone. I went to Scotland alone. I do a lot of traveling alone. And I used to be very afraid to do that. But I made myself and I pushed myself through it. And the rewards are tenfold. So I would say just be fearless and step out there. Absolutely beautiful words, Lori, to uh, to our podcast listeners and to any young women out there who are wishing they could lead a life just like Lori. Born in Beaumont, school in Houston, college in uh, Nacogdoches, uh, working in Amsterdam, uh, coming to Austin, and now traveling to uh, London and seeing the world, and also volunteering her time to Christopher House here in awesome Austin, Texas. It's very obvious that Lori takes her karma vitamins, A, B, and K. Always be kind. Always be kind. Lori, it's very sweet of you to show up, and uh, we appreciate you participating in this uh, Doug the Neighbor podcast. You have beautiful adventure and beautiful words to our podcast listeners. We'd like to thank you very much for being here. A little cheers with our Dr. Pepper, and thank you very much for being here. 
Thank you for having me. Okay. I enjoyed it very much. Okay. Thank you, Lori. To our podcast listeners that we have been interviewing, Lori Bell, a rock and roller, world traveler, volunteer, uh, works, uh, it, it fixes her own furniture. The, 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 it goes on and on and on at what all Lori Bell has done. And we certainly have appreciated her being here. To our podcast listeners, Call your mother, make her smile, all the best.